You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum listeners, you're with uh, Cash from Boots and Beards on the Muslim Live Show. Today in the studio we have Nav. Assalamu alaikum. And Zen. Or maybe not, hold on. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu Sorry, your you mic was <laughs> Pardon? You cut me off already. <laughs> no, 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 just the mic wasn't up. But um, anyway, today the topic that we're going to be discussing about is working abroad. Um, I know a lot of uh, brothers and sisters and friends out there who have joined the exodus and thought, you know, Brexit is coming, so let's go move abroad and and start working. Um, But today, so we're going to have two callers in who are actually currently working abroad. We've got Brother Jawad working in Saudi as a data analyst. And also we have Brother Kamal, who's working in... Primary school, a teacher. Primary school head teacher. Where where is he working, Nav? Qatar. Qatar. Qatar, right. Okay. So so mainly in the Middle East then. It seems to be a very popular destination. It's a hot spot. <laughs> a very, very hot spot. Um what Nav, why would you think people are liking to go out to the Middle I East? Think just, it's just a change. Uh, uh, one of the main factors could be the weather. <laughs> That's a big but, factor. <laughs> but uh, one of the uh, but listen, at the end of the day, home is home. Uh, I mean, I've considered moving abroad quite a few times, but there's a lot of things you need to take into account. For example, family, job. Are you going to adjust to uh, these sort of things? There's a lot of risk factors involved. Whereas here, everything's sorted. You've been here. There's a community already here. But there are a lot of people moving abroad, and they've all come back with pros and cons. So yeah, we, we'll discuss that a bit more as, we, as the show goes on. Zen, what about yourself? Um, have you ever thought about moving abroad or working abroad? Uh, not really, because I mean I run my own business, so I suppose it doesn't really apply to me. But if I had the opportunity of moving, I, I don't see why. Um, halal food, twenty four seven. That's actually a good point. Halal food. You don't have to worry about tax that. Free or most tax of free wages yeah. as well. In most of these countries, I think that they, they provide. I myself has actually <coughs> always thought about moving abroad. But actually, I've never got the courage. And obviously, starting with a family and then the kids are going into school, then I find it a bit too late. But obviously, if you're still young um, and maybe if you've got a very young family, then it might still be possible to go abroad. Yeah. Um, if, if school, if, if they're not too late into the schooling, then anything is possible. But but I think the Middle East is a stepping stone for if you want to go to the far, far east. So, th- again, we can, we can discuss all that as we're into the show. Yeah, so as I said before, we're going to have two brothers on uh, who will discuss how they got there and what factors were involved. Uh, and basically, it's ad- advice for job seekers and uh, how to work abroad. Well, well, packing up and getting employment halfway across the world seems like paradise. There are questions you definitely need to ask yourself before buying that ticket. Uh, now, I think we do have Brother Kamal on the line with us. Assalamualaikum. Salam, brother Kamal. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm very good, mashallah. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today uh, on our topic, working abroad. Uh, as in the studio we have, we have Nav. Assalamualaikum. And Zen. Assalamualaikum. So that's all. Well, first of all, um, brother Kamal, can you just tell us uh, a little bit where you work at the moment and what do you do there? Um, basically, I work in uh, Qatar, in Doha. 
uh, and I'm uh, a head teacher of a, a very big school. Is it like, uh, do they have the same system that they have in the, the UK? Is it high school? Is it primary school? Um, basically, um, there's a variety of schools in um, in Doha, um, from English schools, uh, local schools. There's quite a variety of different types of schools, French schools. So we've got the English national curriculum. We've got Cambridge curriculum and uh, a local curriculum, which is unique to Qatar. Indian schools, Pakistani schools, different types of schools with Pakistani curriculum, Indian curriculum. Yes. So, uh, there's a variety of schools there. In, so, uh, I take it you're there with the English school, is it? <laughs> you're there um, it's basically Cambridge uh, curriculum. Okay. So, it's not the national curriculum at the moment, but we're moving over to it, yeah. Okay. It's a very fancy school, then. Um, it's this, is the, this, is the, this is the bit <laughs> where I was saying, woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, alhamdulillah. It's, 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 uh, it's a nice school. <laughs> right. Okay. Excellent. Um, well, as you're working out there, uh, so you're in charge of the, 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 the school, I take it, so you're the, what would you call well, the I'm, head I'm teacher? I'm the head of primary. We're, we're a massive school, about 1,800 children. Um, in my section, we have uh, 1,056, give or take a child. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you applied that trade over here first in the UK, I take it? Yeah, I was, I was, I was a head teacher in the UK. Uh, right. Okay. So um, obviously, with the the skills and uh, the what you've learnt here and stuff, uh, how did you go about thinking? Okay, the UK is not enough for me. I want to go abroad. What what um, were the factors? I, I did need a change of scene, um, having been in this country for a number of years, um, and uh, an opportunity came my way. Someone said that there's a a job in Qatar. I applied. Um, I had about four or five interviews before I got the job. So I was interviewed by the, the principal, by um, other members of the senior management team, um, the CEO of the company, the educational director of the company. Um, it was a long, protracted process. It wasn't just uh, interviewing straight into job. It was a real protracted process. It took about three or four months. So did they, got me. So this is, this is a quite a lengthy process they have, uh, obviously with your job. So did you have to fly out there for each interview, or did they do it over Skype or Look, telephone? Skype, Skype is very, is very uh, common. Um, about three of my interviews were uh, over Skype, and one was in person. Okay, so once uh, were, they, were they interviewing other people as long along with yourself? Yeah, there was, there was other people, but they're all separate. The interview, the process was. It was you know, all separate. Um, yeah, but this is quite common in, in the Middle East to have Skype interviews. Okay. Um, yeah. So with with that, once you've done the interview and they've said, okay, you are the man for the job, um, did they give you contract terms there? Did you have to thrash something out? or did um, you... it's, it's quite long-winded and it's a protracted process. It's not immediate. Once they've said, oh, we'll take you, then it's a long process of getting your visa, sorting your paperwork out. Um and I know a lot of people are put off in that process of waiting for visas and paperwork to go through. It took about three, four months to go through. So obviously this is not an overnight thing, so you have to look at the long run. So as yeah, you say, yeah. So I mean, a lot of people are impatient. Here in the West, you expect you get the, the letter off and you've got a fixed date. Yeah. Um, there it's not so straightforward. Um, and that's what you need to be really patient so, so, so of just, when, when you get an offer. So, Brad Kamal, you just uh, like uh, duration-wise, how long you talking? How long did you have to wait before you kind of got a good indication that you've got the job? Was that a month? Was it two months? Was that five months? Um, 
Originally, they said you're over to the next, uh, you've got your next interview and we're really keen on taking you on board. And then there was a real quiet period of about a month and I thought, okay, maybe they've got someone else. Uh, and then they contacted me out of the blue, said we really need you urgently. Um, and then there was another interview. Uh, and after that, there was a, a slight lull. And then they said, oh, we need you in a few days. Uh, are you available in a few days? Uh, and then literally it was, after the lo last interview, it was within three, four days I was out there. Did you know anyone who was based there? Um, I mean, before you got the job, I mean, I take it you'd done your research and it was a big decision, of course, um, moving to a different country and, you know, um, so after, um, did you... I, I, didn't, I heard I had friends out there from family friends, but um, I didn't see them. I haven't seen them yet, but um, I've bumped into lots of people who I've worked with in the past since being out there. Well, uh, so it was quite lonely at first, um, very lonely because I didn't go out with my family. Um, but I bumped into loads of people who I've, I've known over the last 15, 20 years. So I bumped into people out there. So but I've made friends out there as well, and that's the other thing about going to a new place, making new friends. So I suppose, uh, leading on to that, I mean, how easy was the transition? How long have you been out there for um, so far? Uh, just under a year now. Um, but it's, it's not easy. If you don't go out with family, I'm a, I'm a married man, I've got four kids. It's not, not easy. Um, to go out there and, and live by yourself. Um, so, but alhamdulillah, it's, it's, it's been good, and I've made friends out there, but uh, nothing beats family. I do come back every few months, I must admit. Is I'm very fortunate I can come back every two or three months when there's a holiday, there's a school holiday, I come home. Is, is, do you have a, a language problem? Is there a language barrier there uh, <laughs> with certain people? No, not in, not in Qatar. I think virtually everyone speaks English. Um, and it's actually far hard to find at times some people speaking Arabic. <laughs> English, English, and Pakistan. You heard the, the top two. Oh, kind of the, the, yeah, the, the people speak English and people speak Urdu out there. Um, you, you got to understand Qatar is um, is full of foreigners. Ninety percent of um, Qatar is actually foreigners. Only ten percent of the population is Qatari. Okay. So um, English is widely spoken. Um, uh, an Arabic, good quality, good uh, Fusha Arabic is only spoken by a few. Uh, okay, so your Arabic has improved since you've been there, has, has it? Yeah, alhamdulillah, it's, it's improved because of the nature of the friends that I keep. Okay. okay but okay. you could actually work in Qatar and not speak a word of, an Ar of Arabic. I'd like so to ask you a question. So spoken. I mean, uh, how easy would you say would it to adjust to a position compared to from here to... Um, your current one? Yeah, to Qatar. Yeah, to uh, the UK. It's, it's quite different. Cultural expectations, there's different cultural expectations, especially of parents. They're very demanding out there. Um, uh, although the Qatari people are very, very nice and uh, very hospitable people, they, um, a lot of expats feel out there that they could be disposed of at any moment. So you're only as useful as, as long as they need you. The people work out there, they work hard, but they ultimately know that someone else is out there that could potentially take their job. All right, excellent. Um, with yourself being out there for almost, you said, was it a year now? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just under a year, yeah. So uh, what would be your three positives that you're taking just now from, from moving your job abroad? Um, <laughs> the sun. The sun is one, <laughs> I agree with uh, that. The sun, uh, lack of tax. Um, so your income isn't taxed. Okay. Um, and it, it, it's, a, it's a nice lifestyle out there. It's not the hustle and bustle 
that you have maybe li living in London. But say. one one of the kind of the um, the negative side, and I know you said the positive side, but negative side, and this is what people always come back and saying, you know what. Over here, you've got all this choice. You've got so much happening here, but over there, it's just like you just get bored. You do get you do really get bored, and you think, "What am I going to keep myself occupied with?" So, I mean, what do you do in your spare time? Your family's not here. What would you would you get on with? You're right. I mean, there's not as many things to do out there unless you unless you've got um, an active lifestyle. Um, I've started um, water sports since being out there. Oh, nice one. Um, and there's a little little unknown secret. It's called the Doha Sailing Club, where for a small amount of membership, you've got unlimited use of uh, canoes, kayaks, windsurfing, and sailing boats. Nice so I, I do that every Friday. Uh, so I, I go there um, in the morning, and then I go for Juma. That's my regular routine thing to do. That sounds awesome. No, it's, it's great. It's great. But the rest of the have week, you got a spare alone, room? Working. <laughs> so have you got a spare room? <laughs> He's not joking. I'm coming. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I have a spare room. I have an apartment. When's That's one of the other good things about my company. They do provide a, a, a good accommodation and a return flight once a year. So yeah, uh, that's another question I wanted to ask. With uh, your accommodation, did you, as you said, you, your company provided that for you? So, or did you have to go out and buy your own uh, no, accommodation? Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate. It's not always the case, but my company has uh, lots of properties. Um, and so they offered either, we, we've got a choice either we can um, have one of their properties or we can go in the open market so they give a, a housing allowance okay. and this is typical of most companies they give a housing allowance my housing allowance actually covered uh, the property which they were offering me which is, was fine for me is, is that quite normal I mean it, for 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 them to attract people from this country, do they do companies there offer you like a housing allowance, or they, or they offer yeah. you free accommodation? It's part, part of the package. It's usually a is that, housing is that, allowance. Is that normal? But is that normal in yeah. a package? It's, it's normal for um, good positions that you will get a housing allowance. And uh, frankly, if you don't get a housing allowance, it's not worth coming out here because the rental prices are really high. It's typically, if you do a comparison, roughly two thousand pounds a month. Without, without without me getting too, too personal into your into your package today, what did you get? Okay, or what would be kind of like the, the average? That sounds personal. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, in terms of the the benefits, what did you get? I mean, what, what if I was to move today, and like you said, every job is different. But uh, yeah, I, I would not take uh, a job unless you get a housing allowance and a return flight once a year and medical insurance. Okay, um, it's it's not worth it. Um, so you get a basic allowance, and then you get utility bills, mobile phone allowance, a housing allowance, and the return flight, and free medical. If you don't get free medical, and if you don't get free uh, housing allowance, don't do it. And what, my what, what about education? Education-wise, if you've got children, um, I'm very fortunate. I can have up to three children. Um, uh, the, the company will pay up for three children. The education standards are not the same as, as in the UK. They are behind, and they're for a number of reasons. The primary, primary reason for being behind academically is because English is not their first language. Okay. That's excellent. Well, just to conclude for what you've said then, so roughly it took you three to four months to get your job finalised. take the deal, that's right. To take the deal. Uh, and, and I have a, a doctor who it took him about just under a year 
just kind of lies his his paperwork yeah because before I, he went out there yeah I assume, uh, assume that obviously you have to deal with visas and all sorts of medical stuff before yeah, they, yeah. they take you out but uh, um but in the, after that you've also got plenty of perks for going out there um, yeah, but uh, just just on, on this last question, how long uh, is your contract there, or is it just rolling contract? Um, typically, for visa reasons, they'll do it for uh, two years, and they say it's an indefinite, but it's a minimum of two years. Right. Um, but one thing I should I want to tell you because it's Ramadan radio. There's probably um, you have a lot of Pakistani listeners um, by the mere nature of your radio station. Um, if you're married to a Pakistani and your nikah was in Pakistan, that can delay the visa process. Oh, can it? Okay. Significantly, because you have to have it attested in the Qatari embassy in Pakistan. Right. So if you married someone from back in Pakistan and then you brought them to Scotland, you'll need to have that document attested back in Pakistan before you can take her over there. Right. Um, but she, your wife or your spouse could potentially join you on a tourist visa, but you're currently a maximum of 30 days. Right, excellent. What, 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 one last question before you, before you go, Kamal. What, uh, any, what sort of job opportunities are out there just now in Qatar? Just quickly, um, so our listeners can... Construction, they are desperate for uh, mechanical engineers, okay. uh, road, anything to do with construction. That's me out, demand, okay. And they pay really yeah. ridiculous amounts of money. Anything, anything in the marketing field? I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, anything no, else? Corner the they, they are cutting back on petroleum engineers. It's for the first time that, uh, in living history that they've been cutting jobs because of the fall in uh, the gas price and oil price. Uh, people have been made redundant in, in Qatar. And even for Qataris, they're feeling it. Okay, so c- construction, um, what, uh, doctors, teachers? Uh, doctors, teachers, there's there's plenty of jobs out there and also in construction okay right. road engineers and civil engineers they can make some serious money okay. out there excellent well I'd like to thank you for being with us on the show and providing lots of information for our listeners out there brother Kamal um, uh, so uh, Salam alaikum from us okay we have another, a new, another brother who works out in Saudi by the name of brother Jawad brother Jawad are you there hello Assalamu alaikum, how are you? Wa alaikum assalam. Okay, I don't know anything. <laughs> apart Alhamdulillah. From, Alhamdulillah. Apart okay. from Habibi. So, uh, <laughs> but look, brother, thank you for being on, on the show with us today. What time was what time it in Saudi, sir? Uh, it's half nine, just now here. And what's the weather like? It's hot, it's 39 degrees. 39 mashallah mashallah um well first of all can you just uh, let our listeners know uh where you are oh, i've obviously said you're in saudi arabia um but whereabouts and what do you do there so i'm based in uh, the capital Riyadh in saudi arabia i work as a business consultant for the government working on basic uh, business processes business requirements and data analysis so, and helping uh, government departments improve their business processes. Okay, so it sounds very a uh, hush-hush job, a very secretive job. Yes, a very hush-hush job. <laughs> right, okay, working for the government there. Okay, so... Yeah, I'm like... Yes, you're like what? You got cut off. I'm undercover, you know what I mean? Okay, so uh, for our listeners here, um, how did you come about 
wanting to go work abroad? Uh, was it, what factors um, pushed you saying I want I don't I want to leave the UK and work somewhere else? Um, to be, I was it was quite a big decision to make for me because obviously I've been in the Glasgow all my life and I was working for a company called SAS whose customer was uh, was the customer that I'm working for now. But the main reason I wanted to move was just basically the whole idea of working in an Islamic country and just moving somewhere where it's more peaceful and, and more not dealing with a bunch of people that always discredit Muslims and and just you just feel more relaxed here and, and, and do you find I wanted to go somewhere where I could raise my children in a more relaxed manner and, and do you think and have a more family oriented life Bro, do you, and do you think, okay, you had this inclination before you moved out, I want to move into a more Islamic country and you want to raise your kids in a in a more kind of uh, Islamic country as well. Being there, and how long have you been there for now? I've been here, well, I've had two, uh, I've been here now five months, four months, five months. Okay, and uh, what you expected, if you is that, is, is that what you've seen? Is that what you've experienced just now so far? Or is it, is it the opposite? Well, when I arrived, man, it hit me, man. It was a big change because the culture here is totally different, you know. Give, give us some examples. You you, give us some examples about the culture we're talking about. You know, it's just that here is everything is, is controlled in a way that, you know, you're not, it's not open and it's, because it's like obviously it's, it's hard to explain until you come here and you see it yourself actually you know I've done Umrah Alhamdulillah and it's a different experience because when you do Umrah you go there you only stay there for a couple of weeks and then you come back home but here when you stay for a longer time you get to meet people you get to see different personalities and okay like there's a the whole experience of living in an area where you get to hear the Azan five times a day, you get to see people uh, stop their work and go and pray, you get uh, to have conversations with people and you learn from their experiences of living in Saudi Arabia and then telling them your experiences of living in the UK and the vast differences of how they live and how their culture is. Okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's very different because, you know, like, it's... It's it's very hard to explain. Okay, so uh, would you would you recommend so far? Would you recommend people to do what they've done? And if the people who are thinking about going to the Middle East or whatever, you would say go for it, or would you say listen? Yeah, man, go for it, man. Don't don't waste your time, man. Do it, man. Okay. There's no point in deliberating about it. If if you got a chance to move to Saudi Arabia, Qatar, or anything like that in the Middle East, where you get to feel the Islamic vibe, then come come, man. You need to do it, man. Why, why, why you want? Why you, why you go back in the UK? You've just left. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Brexit joke there. Uh, okay, Zen. Slankum so, uh, Javad, uh, when we spoke last, uh, you mentioned uh, culture in a bit more in depth. And for example, you give examples of in the UK, you'd be expected to turn up at a certain time to meetings, whereas in Saudi, it's there's kind of no clear line. So where you may turn up. At nine, people realistically won't start turning up till about ten, half ten, and it's 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 quite chilled out. So, could you elaborate on the work side of things? Yeah. Maybe? So basically, in in business terms, that's all point that that was recruited from the company that I'm working for was that they're they're trying to expand on more 
uh, getting people with experience from the, you know, working in the American markets or European markets. Because here is, they're not very up to the standards of business practices, business processes. Here they're very, you know, you have, you have, you'll be told that there's a meeting at 9 a.m., you'll come, turn up at 9 a.m., and but everyone will turn up about half nine. But slowly, slowly, when you start giving your feedback and start uh, telling them, you know, you know, if you've got a meeting at 9 a.m., be there for 9 a.m. So, alhamdulillah, they have, they've started actually coming up at 9 a.m. after <laughs> uh, providing some feedback to them, saying, you know, if you've got a meeting, be there at the meeting with an agenda and everything. Just don't come there, chat for about half an hour, and then just go off topic on a couple of things. So, the more you kind of influence, it's all about trying to influence their change. It's trying, it's trying to provide change in the in the uh, the way they do this. Well, I, I, I like to see. So the, the their working practices are, are are changing there, obviously, uh, from the sounds of what you're describing to us. Uh, as before, we had brother Kamal on, and he works out in uh, Qatar, in Doha, as as a head teacher for a primary school. Now, what he also discussed with us was with his contract. He he obviously had certain terms put down. Obviously, you know, medical insurance, uh, accommodation. Um, obviously there's no tax involved in his pay uh, is this something that you had to thrash out with your current employers as well? Yeah, if you if, if anyone has ever wanted to move out make sure you read in detail everything and make sure that everything is agreed in advance nothing is left in limbo because I went through that experience because I moved out here last year unfortunately the the contract that they provided wasn't up to standard because it was a mistake that I had and a mistake they made as well. But they never scratched out the, the details about residency, accommodation, everything like that. So I had to come back and renew my visa. But one, one piece of advice is when you're going, if you're going to thinking about coming out, always make sure that you agree and everything and that it's made clear that what your ownership is and what their ownership is and what their responsibility for and what you're responsible for. So most of the time, it's they're responsible for making sure you you're, you're, you're get your residency, you get your accommodation, you get transportation, uh, money for your transportation, and you get any extras. So basically, well. go, go into a lot of detail with everything, obviously, because... I, yeah, I, just make sure that you, you, you they're clear that, you know, the, that this is what I expect, and they say yes. And as long as you get an answer from them via email or phone call, whatever, saying yes, that's is what you're going to get, then that's you sorted. Well, you, you said before at the beginning uh, of the call that uh, one of your main reasons for moving out to Saudi was uh, media-related. You know, you wanted somewhere where it was a bit more yeah. Islamic and peaceful. Um, so yeah. are, you, are you trying to say in the UK that the media is more uh, focused upon, um, you know, alienating uh, Muslims? Yeah, it's just that, you know, man, the last couple of years, it's just, I've just been, you just watch the news and it's just, it's, it's, it just feels like, you know, I know everyone says, oh, we're targeting Muslims, we're doing this, but it just, when you when you watch the news, it's just sad to see that you, you just don't see the good side of Islam, which is huge and, it's, and, the, and the massive amount of support and love you have between Muslims and non-Muslims and in Islam. Is okay, okay. So, well, let, 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 let's go back to uh, how you came about um, getting your job. So you said you previously worked for SAS, uh, a company based in Glasgow, 
and uh, yeah. a Saudi company had come across saying they want their programme and then they were looking for someone to implement it for themselves in Saudi itself, yeah? Is that correct? No, no, so basically I work for SAS, is based in Glasgow. Our customer was from, the, the customer was from Saudi Arabia. We had already provided the software and application to them. They'd implemented it, but they needed consultation on how to use the software, how to best use them, how to implement it into their uh, Okay. Okay. So, um, from well, with brother Kamal, he said it took roughly three to four months for him to finalise everything before he moved out. How long did it take you then? Uh, yeah, see, probably uh, yeah, it took me about two to yeah, two, about three months max. It took me just to get everything settled. Depending on how your quick your visa stuff happens, it takes about three months just to thrash everything out and and get your visa. And, so you had to basically, oh, uh, before you leave, um, you had to sort out your visa. You, leave, you get your paperwork done, you get your contract signed up, and then you get your visa sent to the embassy down in London, because we don't have any embassies up here in, in near Glasgow, and then just wait for your stamp on your passport, and then you're off. So yeah, with Brother Kamal, he never had his family out there with him uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Do you have your family out there? Yeah, so I I never had my family out here initially. I had to come here and apply for their for their residency to come here, which again is something that you should make sure that you get if you ever move out to the Middle East. Is make sure your employer is aware that you have a family and you are expecting them to take the responsibility of you to bring them over, such as costs and paperwork. Okay, so before you left the UK, did you have to tie up a lot of things? Obviously, I take it. Um, housewise accommodation, your bank details, all that yeah. stuff. Do you, do, you, do you still have a hold of them just now, or do you, did you just close everything down? No, I practically just closed everything down. But most of it, I, uh, uh, I shifted all my stuff to my parents' house, and, and uh, but I mostly closed all the bank accounts, and or I just changed the address to my parents' address. So, or, so it looks I, like you you I don't want to come back home then. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. I might want to come and see you. Your ugly faces again. So. <laughs> Inshallah, I would love to see you back here, brother. <laughs> Anytime. It was an emotional. It was emotional goodbyes, wasn't it, brothers? Well, it always is. Obviously, leaving family and friends behind it would be emotional. Yeah. But obviously, you, yeah. you need to think about. It's more what emotional was. that you have a radio show as well. Mm-hmm. But you, <laughs> listen, do you, do you miss Glasgow? Do you, do, you, do you miss Glasgow? Ah, I miss Glasgow. I miss you guys a lot because obviously it's a banner. It's about having a laugh and okay. sometimes it's a wee because it's, it's hard to make. Fr- it, you can make friends here and. But is that you know just a banner? Do, do you find that the, the the Saudis have accepted you? I mean, as one of them, or, because even though I mean, the, the, you hear rumours that they always kind of look down at different nationalities, um, uh, especially if you're Pakistani, yeah, if you're Pakistani, so if you're Bangladeshi. There is, yeah. There is a kind of there is a small minority in Saudis who feel we are Saudis. What are you doing here? You're in my country, so. Or did you get that? You yeah. In my country, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that once or twice, but it's a very small minority. But most of the Saudis are, Alhamdulillah, they're so friendly with me. I've met so many Saudis, uh, even though I know minimal Arabic, they understand me. They, they laugh and they enjoy. A good, we have a good time, and uh, it's, they are really friendly people once you get to know them. Okay, nice one. Um, so. Uh, 
you, you, you're happy where you are, everything's going good. Um, uh, what's next? I mean, are you planning to stay where you are, or you want to, I mean, do you travel around, maybe look for other jobs? Do you want to maybe go to, I mean, people, people, normally, people, people normally go to the Middle East as a stepping stone, and then they kind of move on to maybe the Far East, maybe go to Indonesia, Malaysia sort of thing. I don't know. What's your next plans? Well, yeah, Allah knows best that what's going to happen with me. I'm seeing every day as I go. I've, I, I'm here in Saudi Arabia. I hopefully stay here for a while, see where life takes me. And, you know, you never know, that's the thing. I, I could plan for, for the future about moving to another country or another place, but Allah knows best for me. Okay, Brother Zen has got a question for you as well. Was there a language barrier, um, or is there a language barrier currently uh, in your workplace, or just generally? No, 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 no. Alhamdulillah, they're they're all like my team is very young. They've just come out of university, and the 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 young generation here are very good with English. One of the main uh, courses in the university is speaking English. Uh, so they do speak English with me in Ireland and Arabic from them, minimal. Okay. Well, well, uh, <laughs> there is no language barrier because I work with a lot. Um, all the people that I work with are all Saudis, and they do speak good English. The, the, somebody, somebody contacted us on Facebook saying that everything. Uh, the, the thing the brother he lives in Dubai, and what he's saying is that everything's fine here, um, but you don't get the chance to express yourself as you do back home. I'm assuming basically you can't speak out. You Social can't. Media. You can't speak out. I mean, do you, do you find that as well? Like you can understand, and mm, there's always you gotta be no, careful no, what you no. say. The, the, the group of Saudis, you know, the people that I've been with, and I've discussed politics, the kingdom. I've been open with my comments, and I've just opened up. It's, and I've always said to them, "Look, I'm just having a conversation here," and they're more than happy to discuss their views. And obviously, Saudi people are proud of their kingdom, and they're always going to stand up for the kingdom, which is a big thing for them. They mm. always think... They're very patriotic, they're very patriotic. They're very, they're very patriotic. They, they, they do stand up for the king, for the kingdom. But they do accept my points as well, and I, I always give my points about, you know, the way life is here and the the impression you get from outside of Saudi Arabia and all that. So they are happy to discuss. And it is a good, friendly discussion when we do talk. When I when we do talk about politics, but do you find that as if in Saudi you're you're living in like a bubble where everything's rosy? But do you, do you know what's happening outside, like in in different in Europe and what's happening to the Muslims? I mean, do you guys keep in contact with all that sort of thing? Yeah, it's the, the whole the whole everything knows here. There's, there's obviously the here it's the GCC. The all the Arab countries are together. There's there's always on the news there's always news about Palestine there's always news about you know Yemen there's news about what's happening in Turkey there's always news about ISIS and everything like that so there's always news and what's happening about that and people the Saudi people as you could see with the oil prices going down the, the, the Saudis do understand they are too dependent on oil and they've they, the government has committed to moving away from their dependency on oil, and they're trying okay, to. Okay, so, so in that case, what sort of jobs are going about in in, in Saudi just now? So our listeners might be able to give an idea, or maybe one of them, some of them might be interested in moving abroad. Yeah, no, the the, the the IT market is growing here. The 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 mobile the mobile phone market, the network department. There's two, there's two main mobile phone networks here, and 
they're growing as well, and they're and, they're, and there's there's so many sectors here that are growing. There's the health sector, there's the labour sector. It's all growing here because they're trying to expand on moving away from oil, making their services and their structure of the country more stable, more you know, for growth instead of just saying we'll just take the oil money and just use that to pay off everything. Okay. So there's there's in Saudi Arabia there's a thing that I would recommend people reading is a thing called Vision 2030, okay. which has been announced by the Kingdom, which is basically a kind of ultimatum where they're saying that it gives you a list of all the things they're thinking of doing, they're planning to do, not thinking actually they're planning to do. It's been signed off by the King, and it's the main reason is to move away from the dependency on oil is to provide growth in all the sectors in the country. So the, for, if someone is thinking about it, I would recommend re- reading the Vision 2030. Uh, uh, just before we kind of close the show off, um, would you what would you offer in terms of any tips to any listeners who are looking to relocate to Saudi? I know there's quite a few forums online you can go on for expats. Is there anything else you would yeah. suggest or recommend? Well, if, you're gonna, if you're thinking of moving, man, just don't... Don't have that. Don't don't go with expectation like this is going to happen. Just come here and just experience it and enjoy it. If you know people out here, then get to know them and get in touch with them. I'm more than happy to help anyone that wants to come out here. Okay. And you know, just go for it because there's there's it's not it's not a country where you're going to be lost. There is people here and there is that the country is organised in a way where you can. Uh, well, as they say, probably, pro- probably organised chaos. The only thing that I would say is you need, you need a lot of patience here sometimes with the Subber. the government department. <laughs> well, I think I think most of the people come from Pakistan, so you can if you have suburb there, I think you can have suburb anywhere in the world. So yeah, exactly. So, uh, okay. That's the thing because the, there is a large population of Indians and Pakistanis, and uh, according to Saudis, they prefer Pakistanis. <laughs> So, Eklund, we, we've talked about um, how, how you've got there, uh, what, what what things you, you, you need to um, sort out, your visa, you know, accommodation, all that sort of stuff, um, and your contract, which is obviously probably the most important. On on a, a lighter note, what would you do there for um, entertainment or passing the time? Uh, well, for passing the time, we've got... With my wife over now, it's just going to the mall and shopping, basically. <laughs> um, but you've got TVs, you've got malls that have got kid centres, you've got, you get, just, here is a family oriented, it's very just go over, see people, hang out with friends, and pretty much. Well, do they play football there? Yeah, we play football as well, yeah, football. That's standard. So sports, <laughs> um, sports is... They, uh... love, they love football here, they love football. Right. Like there's a big thing here. Excellent. I've been to football matches. I've played football with a. I've played football with so many variety of people from Saudis to Sudanese to Yemenis. It's it's amazing how many people can be gathered just to play football from different <laughs> parts of the world. It's well, uh, excellent. Well, I'd just like to thank you for. for being on the show and obviously providing your insight of uh, how life is like in Saudi Arabia. Jazakallah for being on here with us. So, uh, salam alaikum. Anything for boots and beards, you know what I mean? Yes, I like that. Thank you very much, bro. Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah khair.
For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.